Hey, everybody. Absolutely stunning news over here this week. We have a video version of this week's episode available on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash late night. Go over there, sign up at any tier, and you'll have access to it. Once again, that's patreon.com slash late night. Now, enjoy the show. We're going to get into it right away. For those of you watching the video version of this, there's one person on this podcast who's from Texas, and it might not be the person you think based on the visual cues. Layton, do you want to describe what you're sporting today? Well, after spending probably two whole months constantly talking about Fallout New Vegas on this podcast, I am indeed wearing my Fallout New Vegas getup with my fucking pit boy and my cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And my Ranger trench coat. So I'm vibing. Wow. It's a powerful aura. Thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't expect either of you to dress up because I, I think when this episode comes out, we'll be far past Halloween, which is what it is today. Yes, likely. <laughs> but I think that's kind of fun. It's like a, a, a hollow, Hollows Giving, Thanks Oween. Yes. Well, Ooh. that's right. So, Miles, you, you and I chatted a couple of weeks back and I was like, oh, every Christmas we have Miles on the show. By the way, I'm turning something that we've done twice into a, an official tradition. Yeah, we're putting the flag in the ground. That's right. And it turns out I was wrong. It was every Thanksgiving oh. we have you on the show. So we're actually, we're recording this a little earlier than I originally told you we would because it turns out that the tradition happens a little earlier. I love that. I'm like the big inflatable, like Snoopy balloon at every Macy's thing. Like, it's just like, here he comes, that big bastard. I see him from five blocks away. Look out. Yep, there He's he is. He's going to blow out your microphones <laughs> and talk over everybody. Less Snoopy and more one bad gloopy. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. my God. You're, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that was, I forgot that was about two the years ago. Two years ago. Jesus. How could oh, you possibly man. forget about the gloop? A a lot of repression, I think. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of like subconscious work went into that, but by God, it's back. It it is. I mean, maybe (laughs) my favorite moment on this podcast of all time. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating either. It it was so funny. It's up (laughs) there with Jarek Lips of an Angel and me crying while you and Jory did what's poppin'. Those are like maybe my top three. Yes. Twiceler. (laughs) <laughs> Twice was also good, of course. So I only realized maybe two months ago, you both remember the One Bad Gloop song, right? Mm. The official One yeah. Bad Gloop song. So th- that beat is Blueberry Fago, I believe is the name of the song they put under that. Well, We're going to pull this up right now because it okay, came on okay, some okay. Spotify playlist I was listening to. <laughs> and you were like, that's One Bad Gloop. That's, that's my the song. Gloop song. <laughs> okay, here, Blueberry Fago, here it is. Here we go. One bad One gloop, bet you do what I don't I don't care what the actual words to this song are. Right? Okay, I can't so stand that, this. That came on and I was like, what? It's a real beat. <laughs> it's also a pretty great beat, honestly. It is. It's pretty good. One great beat, one bad gloop. All right. Yeah, that's art, baby. Get that tattooed over my butt. (laughs) There's a legendary tramp stamp for you. (laughs) Here's a thought. By the end of today, we all each have to get 
a tattoo on our ass. It's dictated. Mm. It needs to be larger. It can't be like small. It needs to be at least like five by five inches. Okay. You're at gunpoint, tattoo gunpoint, and you have to make a choice. What Uh are you getting? Oh. Hmm. And it can be anything. Anything at all. It can be anything, yeah. I mean, I'm tempted to say a picture of my own face pointing down and being like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Which cheek? And Miss Hurden said lower back. Oh, no, sir. No, we're not tramp stamping. It needs to be on the ass cheek. On only one. I see. Well, you know. You can do both. They'll shoot you if you don't get at least one. But if you get two. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do like Night of the Hunter. And it's going to say L-O-V- L-O-V-E on one, but then just H-A-T on the other. So it says love and hat. <laughs> That's really good. That's Thanks. really, really good. Oh, my God. The Night of the Hunter yeah. reference is... Uh, Thank you. And then people would be like, where's the E in hate? And I'd say, I'm the E. And it stands for energy. <laughs> there you go. Because that's what I bring. Well, I'm glad that you didn't say that you would spread your cheeks and there's the E, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, know. it's right there. Yes. So here's here's what I'm thinking, right? I'm always thinking of climbing that ladder, you know? Really, like, making it big, making a splash, content. Sponsored by Audible is what I think I would get <laughs> tattooed on my butt. And I don't uh-huh. know how, I don't know how we're going to make this work, but I'm sure I could find someone over at Audible. I can shake a few hands, kiss a few babies. Yep. We're going to make a deal, and someone's going to pay me for this ass. That's, that's what it. I'm thinking. There you go. I'm creating an opportunity where there was once only a cheek. That's, that's passive income, baby. That's, that's passive right. income. And that's what it's all about. Gig economy? Put it on your butt. That's right. Monetize <laughs> that bitch. Yes. Monetize absolutely. that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just wrote a slogan for OnlyFans. Maybe I should put sponsored by OnlyFans on my butt. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Has someone done this like the whatever it was, the million pixel homepage with their own body and tattoos? Surely. Someone must surely. have done this, right? Oh, my answer to this question? Yes. I'm going to get the full lyrics of <laughs> Radiohead's OK Computer. <laughs> the entire album? Full, the entire album lyrics. Yes. And make sure I never have sex again. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh-huh. You know, we're all fitter, happier, more productive, not drinking too much. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Obviously, I need to keep my brand deal with Audible. Listen to Audible. Um, sure, this is not sponsored sure. by Audible, but it will be, I'm sure, one day. I want to throw something else on my other cheek. Can I throw that in real fast? Yeah, 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 of course. We'll allow it. A QR code, right? Great. And when you scan it, your phone will open up just a picture of my butt sponsored by (laughs) Audible. Great. Hit him with the one-two punch. That's two ad deals in one. I'm doubling my income right now. That's awesome. Man, those people who do like grifty, take this online course to find out how to make passive income. I'm making your own online course. (laughs) They really need to be taking some notes. Monetize that Okay, third tattoo. It's a QR code to Miles Luna's masterclass on passive income. Ass is all capitalized. Uh, Asterclass? There you go. (laughs) Asterclass? I mean, that episode title right there. Masterclass with an ass, ASS. Every time I talk with you people, I'm just like, you're hitting me with so much like life-changing stuff here. First it was the gloop, now it's this. We change lives. Yeah. When I'm on next year, I'll be rolling in that audible money. (laughs) (laughs) And but then you have to show us your ass. 
Of course, if you you're come welcome. in, and if, <laughs> yeah. so next next year you call in. Yeah, well, of course, of course. Thank you. Uh, you call in, and suddenly you're in like a Jay Z style mansion. Yes, or you're in space or something, and it's like, where the fuck did he get that money? And it's like, wait a minute, that's audible money. <laughs> that's the ass money. You know what, Brian? Yeah. We need to amend eat ass get money. Tat ass mm-hmm. get money. Yes, we should tell Miles about eat ass get money. So eat ass get money is my perennial idea for an NSP song that Dan will not do or touch. Yeah, perennial. (laughs) I think it is a surefire hit and it's like an EDM, you know, step one, eat ass, step two, get money, eat ass, get money, eat (laughs) ass, get money. So Jim Roach, our producer and I are very into it. And Dan wants nothing to do with it because as we have well established, Dan hates fun. So I like to have fun and chill out, right? That's my my main drive. Right, right. So yeah, and he won't do it. Well, okay. I feel like you've opened up the door of like, this is somewhat of like a, a no bad ideas jam session now. Mm-hmm. I've only met Dan a handful of times, but he, you know, he seems like a nice guy. We're in the no bad ideas jam session room now. Okay. You call it eat ass, get money. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's so room for I'm a parenthetical. Maybe there's room for a parenthetical somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yes, always. Maybe what we need to include here is some sort of through line, some sort of character arc for this ass oh, eating uh, sure. uh, uh Rich person. Entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> eating entrepreneur. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe the subject of this song is all about eating ass so that they can get money at the top of the tune. But mm-hmm. by the end of it, they've realized that if you're not doing it for the sake of eating ass, for the sake of eating ass, you're just a mm-hmm. fucking sellout. There you go. You know, when you take something that you love and you monetize it, you can lose that joy really, really quickly. You got to do it for the act itself. Okay, I'm going to jump on top of that and say yeah. that what they do by the end of the song is then they start mentoring other things. It's <laughs> it's not quite a pyramid scheme, but I, maybe I there's like <laughs> hints, hints of that. Maybe we leave that ambiguous, but they have like people they're mentoring in their own quest, in their individual quest to both eat ass and get money. And then they realize there's more to life. It becomes less about the eating ass and the getting money, and the more about inculcating the spirit of entrepreneurship in the next generation. I do love the idea of an ass-eating MLM. And maybe the real money are, are, is the asses we ate along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh-huh. That's a beautiful, inspirational tale. When you're ready to start dishing out lyrics, just hit me up. You know, we'll workshop it. Dan will come around. He'll come around. You know, I think he will. I think he just might. <laughs> When he sees how much money can be made from the eating <laughs> yes. ass, definitely not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> My move with this, by the way, Miles, is every time we get together for a writing session for NSP, at some point, I never do it right away because that would be too predictable. You mm-hmm. know, we'll be like bouncing ideas back and forth and I'll be like, well, guys, there is this uh, this is one idea I've been like toying with a little bit, kind of on and off. I think it has some real potential. Maybe it's not fully formed, but I do just want to throw it out there and just like get your kind of gut reaction to it. And I can usually do this with a straight face. And I'll be like, so it starts with eating ass. And then Jim, our producer, will be like, oh, wait, I have the perfect next part to that. (laughs) Dan has already left the room. (laughs) Yes, Dan is now on his phone texting his therapist at this point. Oh, I love it. The other idea... Someone has actually done this is every time we have a merch meeting and I've kind of backed off of this a little bit, you know, we'd be talking about various merch designs or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, here's the idea. 
we sell one butt plug for a million dollars. You know, and then I looked up that there are these like super high end sex toys, which indeed cost like a hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's like the fifty thousand dollar dildo or whatever, uh-huh. because they're like, you know, gold plated or whatever it is. So I have to say, unfortunately, the million dollar butt plug idea. And by the way, it would be worth it. I do want to emphasize this is not just like a crazy markup. It's like diamonds and the materials are there. It's artisanally crafted. Yeah. Maybe it's done by one of the big fashion houses. I don't know. And it's totally worth it. It's the kind of thing that like a Kardashian or someone Mm. like that would would own and be proud of, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is the other idea I keep bringing up. Thank you. I tried to do things that will earn respect. And so far, I think I've been pretty successful. Years ago, when I was still working at Rooster Teeth, I was writing for a show called Camp Camp, and mm-hmm. we had this one episode. It was it was like our season Great three show. premiere. I loved that show. Thank you. It was, it was like awesome the one show. time yeah. I got to like write songs and like sing and be silly and shit. Well, I remember you when know? that debuted and talking to you about it. I think we were hanging out like right around the time season one came out because mm-hmm. we've known each other for like close to ten years at this point, which it's is wild. It really nuts. is. Yeah. <laughs> we hung out when I was still living in England, of course. Yeah, that was when we first met. Yeah, yeah. And that was over seven years ago. So, yeah. Jesus. Anyway, so I remember when when that first came out and you were so psyched about it. Yeah. I still love that show with all my heart. On one of our episodes, I think it was the season three premiere, it was right when like crypto was starting to become mm-hmm. a thing. And so, of course, we had to make fun of that. And one of the characters in the show, Neil voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, who always just brought the most manic energy to this like very neurotic, nerdy character. Of course, that was going to be our character that was going to be like big on crypto, everybody getting into crypto. He invented something called Neil Bucks. Uh-huh. And w- my buddy Jordan and I fought so hard because normally, for the most part, Rooster Teeth would try to like pair the uh, season premiere with like some merch yeah. or whatever. And they were never really good about promoting Cam Camp, in my opinion. But we were like, we have a surefire idea Please, 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 please. We want to sell 200 Neil yes. Bucks certificates. Yes. So we were like, okay, in the show, we invent Neil Bucks. It's this cryptocurrency. It does not take off at all. But as part of it, we can be like, you can support Neil Bucks by buying Neil Bucks. Now, you will not get Neil Bucks. You'll just get a certificate <laughs> right, for Neil Bucks that says once Neil Bucks gets off the ground, yeah, you will have Yeah, because you don't want to attempt Buck. like so an essentially- SEC violation or something, right? Yes. Exactly. Essentially, we just wanted to sell pieces of paper that just said IOU one Neil Bucks that looked somewhat fancy and was signed by the 10-year-old awesome. camper Neil. Sadly, they did not go for it. But I really what? thought we were sitting on gold sure on that one. But That is a gold mine of an idea. Absolutely. Well, well, that place never made great decisions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would have only gone up in value over time. By now, who knows how much they would be worth. Like That's what Neil was dollars. saying. Exactly. If, yeah. if not three, if not <laughs> three, if not, yeah, that's right. God, you could get so much stuff for $3 these days. Like, <laughs> like half a coffee, three things down at the dollar store, although yeah. with inflation, mm. dollar store yeah. is like nothing's a dollar anymore. By the way, I just want to talk about dollar stores for a minute. Miles, you now are part of the larger UK family, right? Yes. Or going to be. Soon. Yes. Marrying into one next year. So surely you have seen what the equivalent of a dollar store in the UK is, have you not? I actually don't know if I had. Here, okay, I'm going to hit you right now with things off the top of my head that I've been introduced to via the UK that are like beloved, but also kind of like teased or whatever. Yeah. Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons I've learned a lot about. 
Oh, oh, the the chain, the pub chain. Yeah, yes, it's yes. like the chilies of pubs is kind of how it was described to me. <laughs> it, it it is what the World's End movie is essentially about. Yes, right. Yes. yes. Oh, oh, I learned about. It's like a breakfast pastry place, and they have what are they called? Sausage buddies. Butties? Oh, like sausage, sausage rolls, butties. or or yeah, yeah, like yeah. a like a bap with sausage in it. I think they have both. It's some sort of like breakfast chain. Point is, I, I'm not familiar with the dollar store concept, and I would love to be enlightened. Okay, let me ask you this. I'll tell you the real answer in a moment. What would you name the equivalent of a dollar store in the UK? Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I can't possibly do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer. And I am not making this up. Okay. Is Poundland. <laughs> and oh you walk around no and you see these way. this chain of stores called fucking Poundland. As in, I took her too. And <laughs> oh, I wish someone would take me to Poundland. Are you kidding I me? I know, right? And when I saw this the first time, and, and, and as with all things in British culture, it's like, do they know and are playing it? Super straight, <laughs> or do they not know? I think likely it was a long time ago. Someone was like, Oh, I got Poundland. And they were like, Right, we all get that. This is, <laughs> yeah. I'm an Australian that's moved to the UK. Yeah. And they were like, Damn right, you are, Hugh. And then, um, and then one day they were like, Hey, excuse me, uh, Lieutenant. I'm assuming that's what they call CEOs of course, there. Yes. Brigadier General. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> News just dropped. Kids are calling, getting railed, getting pounded now. Uh, and we're called Poundland. And everyone was mortified except for one pervert who was like, perfect. Hell yes. <laughs> this is the best thing that could have happened to Poundland. Yes. A guy who applied for the job initially not knowing it was a dollar store and <laughs> felt tricked. And now things are finally falling into yeah. place for there this you guy. Go. It's always the long game. Just standing by the entrance like, welcome to Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also have a chain of like stores that sell only frozen food called Iceland, <gasps> which... It's like they're like cheap frozen food stuff. You see those? Yeah. In the States, we just call that Jack in the Box. And they they right. do the thing where they just <laughs> go ahead and cook it, it for up. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's no shade on Jack in the Box. I'm an absolute whore for those disgusting tacos. I love them so much. I've never had one. Are they actually good? No, but I love them. <laughs> it's essentially, imagine a corn tortilla with a yep. little of soy meat. And a slice of American, like, craft single cheese folded yep. over, flash fried, and then they put shredded lettuce on it. But this is the thing. They have this hot sauce, and I can't quite explain it. It's got, like, the thickness of, like, a kind of gross paste picante sort of, yes, like, sauce. Yes, but yes. a little bit of the flavor, that vinegariness of, like, a Tabasco, uh -huh. it's just a bizarre thing. It's awful, but it sure is 99 cents, and I sure will eat them yeah. if I'm drunk. I got to say, those like, uh, Leighton, I know you're a Taco Bell stan, as the kids say these days. The Taco Bell sauces are great. Mm. Like, their little mm. packets of sauce are pretty great. Do you guys remember when they had the Verde sauce? No, no. I do not. Oh, it was so fucking good. It was just like a very mild little green salsa, and they only had it very briefly, but God, oh. on a crunch wrap or a little cheese roll-up? Mm -hmm. Fuck. I was a latecomer to Taco Bell because I grew up in San Antonio, right. which is just like- Actual good Mexican food exists. 2005, fattest yeah. city in the world represent, something like that. Yeah, that Tex-Mex will fuck you up. And yeah. I remember thinking like, ugh, 
that is just not even Tex-Mex a little bit. How gross. And then I matured and I grew wiser mm-hmm. and more worldly. And I realized that Taco Bell isn't Tex-Mex. Right. It's Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. It is its, it's own, its own category. Yes. The Taco Bell Autonomous Zone. <laughs> <laughs> the TMZ. <laughs> I was on a date once and we were supposed to go to a restaurant that turned out to be like closed on the day that we were going and we were right next Uh to a Taco Bell. And I was like, do you want to just like get a drink and get Taco Bell? And he was like, I haven't been to Taco Bell in 10 years. I'm not sure I want to go. And I was like, all right. Date over. over. Date over. Are you kidding me? You think you're better than me? (laughs) (laughs) You're above a cheese roll? How dare you? You think you're better? (laughs) Like... Don't big time me. I get it if it's like, I don't want to give money to certain companies or like I have like dietary restrictions and, you know, meat and all this stuff is not good for me. But if it's just like, ugh, Taco Bell, come on, come on. That's an objective bummer. But on the bright side, at least you didn't waste your time. And then like later in a relationship, learn that this person had no respect for the oh, bell. And then you did, you'd have to end it right then and there. Nope, I did. I that's did. right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of those moves. So right there, as soon as he says, no Taco Bell, you walk away without saying anything, right? You just drop everything and walk. It's the yeah. most respectful thing. Yeah. You Hit can him do, with that ghost. Actually. That's the only time that yeah. it's okay to ghost, actually. In-person ghost. Wow. That's some next level ghosting. You just flip the switch later. Yep. <laughs> if if they text you and try to and try to reconnect, like you know what happened, where did you go? You just hit them with like maybe try thinking outside the bun, and then again cease contact. <laughs> Let them yeah. stew on that. Let them think on that. That's going to change some minds. That's the next iteration of we should see other people. Yes. <laughs> maybe think outside the bun. The bun. Well, everybody, this is Layton Night with Brian Wacht. My name is Brian Wacht. Over here we have Layton Gray. Howdy. Mystery guest, care to introduce yourself? Howdy, I'm Miles Luna. My microphone levels are being mysterious today, so I'm either too quiet or too loud. <laughs> we won't know till this episode comes out. Well, <laughs> we do have a professional audio person, our producer, Jerick Tenno, who will handle all the audio. So this is going to be fucking perfect. Thank you. It's the light of day. Delicious. Jerick is very good at what he does. Thank you, Jared. Jarek is the MVP and every week prevents me from sounding like Michael Myers breathing because that's how I sound. <laughs> <laughs> so Jarek was away and I edited an episode for the first time in, in a while. Mm. And uh, let's just say Layton had some notes about <laughs> my editing. And the notes were, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it is a testament to how good Jarek is. You know, it's the kind of thing where like you hope that when you do a job well, if you stop doing it, people will notice, right? Mm, mm. And we noticed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look at these fucking Voldemort nostrils. There is not proper airflow happening. Yeah. It is very apparent. By the way, that reminds me, I don't know if I've ever told you this or talked about this on the show, Layden. Um, I read a lot of books with my eight-year-old daughter, Audrey. And related to the thing I was talking about before about doing something over and over and over again that someone finds truly annoying. Mm-hmm. Here's my move with her. The Voldemort thing reminded me is any book we're in the middle of, doesn't matter what it is. And we'll start reading it again. I'll open up to a chapter and I'll be like, 
Well, Uncle Voldemort, said Mario, thanks for taking me out for ice cream. This really is the best meal I've ever had. Do you think we should invite Link and, you know, Milo from the Phantom Toll Booth over? And she fucking hates it. Every time I start with, well, Uncle Voldemort, <laughs> it is, uh, Daddy, stop it. Now, once she once she realizes the Achilles heel to this bit is for her to look you dead in the eyes when you pause for her complaint and for her to go continue. Yeah, that's once <laughs> that's she right. learns that it's game over. No, yeah. Father, please go on. What did Uncle Voldemort do next? Yeah, Tell me. please regale me with tales. Turn this into a two-hour exercise for yourself, <laughs> rather than a thing you know is going to get on my nerves. And that's really the trick. Yeah, teach her to yes and yes, yes. You know, with with kids, they want to be in control like all the time. And so she's very good at, at doing bits and like jumping on bits. But mm. also that little kid desire to be in charge of everything will lead to a lot of like, no, we're doing it my way now. Rachel and I have code for bad, shutty down improv, uh-huh. which we've seen a lot of in our life. And the f- code phrase we use whenever we see bad improv is, that cow's drunk. which is a great way to shut down any scene. You know, you negate what the person has established and cede all control from them, like rest (laughs) control from them. So yeah, that cow's drunk has become my my short code for this improv sucks. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so she (laughs) for school, they have technology class. And so they're making little slide presentations about Mm -hmm. themselves Like, you know, they'll grab a few images about stuff they're into and they're making on like Google Slides. She showed us her presentation yesterday and she put in jokes at the end. She put in slides, which were like, why are you still here? The presentation's over. She's Ferris Buellering? Yes! Yes. Yes! Yes, she's Ferris Bueller. That's exactly right, Layden. Thank you. That's incredible. But then she kept it going. She did that like two times and then a bunch of like decoy slides and then another one at the end, which was like, I said it's over. And by the way, she's not a great speller. So it's like (laughs) little kids spell. It was so funny. You know, like 40 exclamation points. Oh, I was so proud of her. Fat star wipe, little fade in, (laughs) word art. I love that for her. You you did jokes. Yep. How excited is she to trick or treat tonight in her little Link costume? Uh, (gasps) Yes. So she is Link and she is very excited. So I went to her school. I was just thinking about this before. A tradition that has been around since I was a kid that is still extant today and probably was around years before I was a child is to have a bunch of elementary school children parading around in costumes while the monster mash plays. And this is alive and well, and we got to see it in action. (laughs) We went to her school today and I got to watch all of the kids walking around in their extremely cute costumes from preschoolers up through I, don't, I didn't see the middle schoolers at, although they were probably there somewhere. But yeah, like through like the third and fourth graders. And oh my God, it's really fucking cute. I saw a lot of so uh, Rockford Peaches, which was very cute from a league of their own. I don't know what Rockford Peaches is. I'm uncultured. Little swimming. kids in like the pink baseball <laughs> outfits. That's so Aww. cute. Because it's an LA school, some people are like very elaborate. There was a Robotnik dad, a Tails mom, and a <gasps> little blue Sonic kid. And the costumes were like awesome. Oh, 
just very cute. If you had like unlimited funds and support, mm-hmm. what would be your like ultimate Halloween costume? Mine would be like a life-size fully mobile metal sonic like a big like uh-huh. actual like shiny it's got the chrome on there yeah. light up lights like walking around as metal sonic that would be pretty sick yes. although i don't have like the little stick legs but I mean, you know we'll figure it out we'll leave that up to the engineers yeah <laughs> mine would be like latex mask dan avidan <laughs> and with a full voice replicator oh no <laughs> yep layton what about you me um I feel like as a Halloween person, I should have an answer to this question. And I don't, this was like the closest because I want, I was going to 3D print like all these parts for this shitty spirit Halloween pit boy. <laughs> I just painted it and I was like, all right, that's close enough. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe time and resources to do what I really wanted to do, which was like build like a raspberry pie pit boy that works oh, and has LEDs dude. and shit. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be yeah. extremely tight. Yeah. Maybe some power armor. I don't know if we're talking unlimited funds. Fuck the Brotherhood yeah, of Steel, yeah. though. Are you going out in your costume at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a bar last night that I just did like a cow, you know, without the pit boy, this is just a cowboy fit, mm-hmm. which was nice. And then tonight it's like neighbors and a couple of people are, we're going to watch the thing. Oh, hell yeah. So I'll be wearing this. You know, I don't need to go places. I'll go r- walk around the rich neighborhood and stare at the children in a non-creepy way. Yep. We're going to a nearby rich neighborhood and where they really do up the houses and we're going to go trick-or-treating out there. I leave tomorrow for tour and I specifically scheduled it so that I would be here for Halloween because I don't want to like, it's eight-year-old Halloween. There aren't that many more years when it's like that dialed in and it's still the little kid enthusiasm and she's not becoming a tween yet. This year, I'm sure next year too. Once you hit 10, I think that could go either way. And then once you're in 11, that's full on tween years. So like I wanted to be around for this. I'm very excited to go see like, wait, is the World Series happening now? It is, right? I think. Oh, you are asking the wrong person. You're asking the wrong two people, but yes, it is. And I only know that because I overheard people talking about it when I was walking this morning. I thought I saw people posting about it, but I'm sure someone will be playing the World Series on a big screen in this neighborhood like was happening, like on a projector outside. And there'll be like, you know, cool Halloween-y scenes. We drove around the neighborhood of Toluca Lake, which is a rich neighborhood yesterday. And there was, someone had an inflatable pumpkin, and I'm not even exaggerating, the size of a two-story house. Oh my God. And it was basically a sphere. So imagine that in a front yard, as tall as a house, as wide as a house. It was insane. That shit's expensive too. Yes. I went to Spirit Halloween a couple of weeks ago, just, you know, it's very fun because it's like, wow, look at all this cheaply made garbage, but it's cheaply made garbage themed around things that I like. So fuck, I'm going to spend money. Hence this Mm -hmm. Halloween Uh two wine glass. Oh, look at that. Hell yeah. It's my new favorite cup. Is that new? Since since I went to Spirit Halloween. I also think that it's like the title treatment for it. I think this might be like backstock from Rob Zombie's Halloween (laughs) too. But I'm Uh fine with that. What are you drinking out of it? Straight vodka. Okay, great. Cool. But uh, they have those big like blow up decoration displays there and the prices are insane. It's like to get a quote unquote full size skeleton, a hundred dollars. 
Mm-hmm. What? Mm. In this economy? Like a plastic skeleton? I, I can go get one for free with just a shovel and some elbow grease. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll call my skeleton guy. I can get you a skeleton in 30 minutes. Uh, Miles, did you do yeah. anything for Halloween? Well, yeah. My friends and I went to New Orleans uh, oh, for the weekend. Wow. We have a friend who is a local there, and she's like my witchy mm-hmm. friend. Like, we love her. She's great. She's hashtag Swamp Witch. And so she loves any opportunity to go back to New Orleans and show people around. She will jump on it. And so we did that. It was a really, really lovely time. Tonight, we are going over to my friend's place where we're going to watch some spooky movies and hand out candy. Cool. I will be redonning my fat Spider-Man outfit from Into the Spider-Verse. Best superhero movie ever. Yes, indeed. And no, I'm really excited about it. It's too topical. Can I just hit you with one of my peaches right now? I know I'm breaking protocol. Things are getting wild here. Wait, is he our first, third time? No, no, we've had Jory on. You're in rare air here, Miles. There are very few people we have had on three times. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. Right yeah. Now. And we encourage All right. you well, to Well, welcome do that. to the Miles <laughs> Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. So one of my peaches is just the spooky month of October. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of like the winter holiday stuff, like there's a, there's a lot of holidays that are tied to like religious stuff or, you know, like, oh, winter solstice. Sure. sure. But like, I do just enjoy that collectively as a species, at least in America, but in a lot of places around the world, everyone's just like. Y'all, what if for 31 days, things were just a little spooky and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's fun. Like, I love that so much. It's such a weird, silly human thing to do. And like, it's for what? It's to give children candy and to dress up like something yep. that what? Why? I don't know, but it's I love it. I never, shit. ever, That's ever why. wanted to stop. Yes. It's you great. You get the good holiday in before all of the family Jesus holidays, you know, like, yes, it's yeah. nice That's to right. have one for the sinners. It does the heart good <laughs> <laughs> or absence of heart. Good, you know, <laughs> for the black void in our yeah. chests. I know a lot of people do the like watching 31 movies in a month, which I think I did oh, one wow. year. Never again, wow. because I call that. People without children, but continue. Thank you. But I've maybe watched like one horror movie this month and tonight it will be two. But have you watched any good horror this month? I've watched a bunch. Something I got kind of sad about when I got older, and I think also it was because of like lockdown and stuff, like Halloween was just super duper not a thing for a bit. But like, as I've gotten older, Halloween has been less impactful to me. Whereas like as a kid, I loved it. Like. My fiance, their family didn't really do Halloween a ton. They kind of lived out in the sticks. And so it's just like trick-or-treating wasn't really a thing. And I was so sad because I was trying to describe to her, to me, there's a very nostalgic feeling that is, and this is rare for nostalgia. It's like a good feeling, but it's also kind of an uncomfortable feeling. Let me paint like a word picture for you real quick. All right, you're a kid. You've been out trick-or-treating with your friends. Your friends have now had to walk back and now it's just you walking Mm -hmm. home. And it's that time of night where the intense orange of sunset is now past. And now we're kind of in that cool, almost like lavender blue, like lighting and all the noise that was out throughout the night, the children laughing, the like bad, like, (laughs) like electronic, (laughs) like bad, like decorations, people screaming, like someone's playing thriller. All that is now gone. The porch lights have begun to turn off as parents grow tired of handing out candy and now just want to chill for the rest of the night, finish watching the thing, whatever. And that silence, there's a moment I feel like when you're a kid trick-or-treating where you realize, 
oh, it's done mm. now and I need to go home. And there's something about that, that silence, the occasional breeze, the scratching of leaves where you're like, now it's kind of spooky mm-hmm. and maybe I'm going to walk a little bit faster than usual on my way back. And I love that. It's like a safe discomfort, but where you're questioning like, am I safe? Did I see that that yard decoration move or am I just 10 years old and I've eaten a bunch of warheads? I don't know. <laughs> I just love that. But this year, I can't talk too much about it because it hasn't been announced yet, but I've, I've been getting to work with a friend of mine on an indie game. And part of what I got to do was write some kid-friendly spooky poems. Oh, cool. For one of the levels. And that is just like, Mm, it's like I'm bobbing for apples every day. I'm just like absolutely showered in Halloween vibes. That's great. I don't know if you guys do this. We have friends who we just exchange subscription service passwords. Oh no. So like, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you my HBO max. You give me your shutter. Cool. So yeah, we, we've been watching a lot of stuff on shutter. Uh, we did a bunch of classics. I finally watched nightmare on Elm street for the first time. That was super fun. Never seen it. At the time, I'm sure, like, special effects were super great. There's still some effects in there, like the face and the ceiling, uh, Leighton, if you've seen. Like, I love that. Super cool. Watching it now, it feels a bit more like a campy comedy, but still a fantastic ride. And you you haven't seen the third one, Dream Warriors, right? No, no. Just skip straight to that one, because it's so campy and ridiculous. It's when, like, Freddy starts doing one-liners, like, welcome to prime time, bitch. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay, cool. And we were driving around listening to spooky music. I played Nightmare on My Street for Audrey. What is that? That's the Will Smith Nightmare on Elm Street song. Do you not know about this? <laughs> no. What? It's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's Nightmare on Elm Street song. Wait, Layton, you know about this, right? No. No. Stop. Stop. What? Stop, Brian. Oh, no, Brian, my. no. I'm sorry. Are no. you kidding? Stop. Okay, you no, don't, we're listening you to this right now. All right, right. How could you? that link. Hold on. You don't get to be the one person on this podcast who hasn't seen Nightmare on Elm Street and then act like we're crazy yeah. for not listening to Nightmare no, 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 on My no. Street, okay? You don't get to Uno reverse this situation, all right? <laughs> Hold on. This video is six minutes long. Jesus. We're not watching six minutes of this. No, until I know. You, here. Until we, you we watch got, 90 start. minutes of Nightmare on Elm Street. God yeah, damn it. look, you don't get to hold my friendship hostage. But uh, actually, here we go. Yeah, okay, I so do. There, there's a clip. Yeah, actually, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a very popular Halloween song, and I am shocked you don't know it. All right. Um, all right. Are we all ready to play? Yeah. Ready. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> oh, it comes with a parental warning. I do know this song. Look how young he is here. He's oh, an yeah. actual baby. Now, I believe someone should verify this after I say it. I think that disclaimer was saying it's not an official Nightmare on Elm Street song. He just wrote it because he liked Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street and thought it would be fun and wanted it to be part of the soundtrack, but they never bought it. That's ridiculous. Aww. I'm going to fact check this, but I believe that's the case. Yes, he was sued for copyright <laughs> infringement. No way. Yes. And, oh, and no way. They forced the label to destroy that music video, but they settled out <gasps> of court. So listen, yes, both sides eventually settled out of court, but as a result, vinyl pressings of the album contain a disclaimer sticker that says, this song is not part of the soundtrack and is not authorized, licensed, or affiliated with the Nightmare on Elm Street films. So that's the disclaimer we saw. Wow. It's not an adult content. It's that this was his fan song. It's like like a song we've discussed on this show previously, Heartlight by Neil yeah. Diamond, which is the oh. E.T. song that Neil Diamond wrote 
after he saw E.T. and was like, this rules. I'm going to write about E.T. <laughs> Hell yes. yeah. I love yeah. that. Well, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing this nugget of- I cannot believe- Two Halloween-y people such as yourselves. I really cannot believe. A couple of Halloweeners over here. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard it, this Halloweener perked up. I did remember hearing this at like a Six Flags Fright Fest. It's a good, it's a good one. one. It's a good bop. Yeah. The beat is great. It is that classic like DJ Jazzy Jeff type beat. Yeah, some good stuff. Yeah, I love those 80s. What year was this? 88? Something like that. Uh, 87. So Miles, you watched Nightmare. What else have you watched this month? I'm not done Watch talking. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Remember, we learned this from his story time with his daughter. Go yeah. on. <laughs> what were you going to say, Brian? I was going to say that I think it's very interesting that it was recorded in 1987, but released mm. in 1988. So I was technically mm. correct. That's very interesting, Brian. All right. You can talk about whatever bullshit you care about now. <laughs> Uh, other stuff that we watched, uh, Lake Mungo, I think is what fun, it was called. Yeah. The Australian kind of documentary ghost story. Very good. That's a fun one. There's like one scene in that movie. And if you've seen it, you know it. That just like stayed with me for a few days. It's perfectly executed. Anybody listening who is maybe like very scared by horror and wants a good intro, that is like the best I am interested in horror, but I am scared recommendation for people. Mm. It's called Lake Mungo? Yeah. That's crazy because yeah. there's a DJ Jazzy Jeff in the Fresh Prince song about <laughs> Lake Mungo. I can't tell if he's serious or not. I don't think, I don't think he oh, is, I'm but serious. there's still yeah. a part of me that wonders. It's called My Lake, My Rules. Again, I can't tell. I can't tell if you're fucking with me, I've Brian. I've never fucked with anyone. So that should give you okay, some Okay, well, now I know he's lying. <laughs> I am simply the most gullible man in the world. Now, if I were my father, I would say... You can't be the most gullible man in the world because I looked that up in the encyclopedia and it had someone else's name there. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. We watched Gerald's Game. I'm a big Mike Flanagan oh. fan. That's a rough one. It is. That's a rough hang, y'all. Have you seen uh, it? Yes. Yes. Here, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a setup. I'm going to give you a setup, Brian. Okay. A married couple goes to a vacation mm -hmm. home to kind of re-spark uh, mm -hmm. their their Spicy. love life. It's clearly they're having kind of a tough time. They're trying to spice mm -hmm. it up. So what's this? Wife is going to handcuff herself to the bed. How sexy. Oh, how and sexy. then the husband has a heart attack while on top of her and dies. Oh, shit. And so now- And then the movie ends. This woman is stuck in a remote, like, bed and breakfast with no one around, handcuffed to a bed and needs to escape- and her uh, mental situations, as anyone's would, starts to plummet drastically wow. and leads to some spooky stuff. It's got some great twists. It's got some pretty graphic stuff in there, gang. Sounds upsetting to me. I'm not a big Flanagan head. Gerald's Game is okay for me, but it is one of two movies where the gore has made me physically ill. Like, oh, really? You know okay, what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm seeing it now. And that, yes. I, I thought I was going to throw up. They did a very good job with it. Yeah. The, the only thing I know about that movie is that there's a DJ Jazzy Jeff in the Fresh Prince song <laughs> about it called I'm Jeff's, fucking murder Jeff's you through this. <laughs> 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 I almost got there. I almost got there. <laughs> yeah, no, famously, a friend of ours, when he watched it for the first time, did shout, you don't have to do that much <laughs> uh, at this part. And that has become oh, wow. a thing. Anytime something bad is happening, we will shout that. <laughs> she really did not have to do that much. <laughs> she really did not have to do that much. But it does have a fun, like, spooky twist at the end that I really enjoyed. It does. It's a Stephen King book originally? 
I believe it is. It is. Yeah. The book is also just okay for me. Hmm. But it's a specific type of trauma uh, book slash movie. So that's fun if you want to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say one movie that I've started to watch every year that isn't like scary, but I do absolutely adore is Leica Studios' uh, Paranorman. Adorable. Oh, I've never seen that. I've always been curious about it. It is so good. I feel like everybody slept on this one because it came out around the same time as Halloweener. Yeah. Or I think that was what it's called, Halloweenie. Frankenweenie. 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 That's what it is. Thank you. And I felt like it's that thing when two movies come out at the same time that are about roughly the same yep. subject yeah. and then neither end up really getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I think it might actually be my favorite like a film, really? it's like right there with Coraline for me. I really do enjoy it. Cool, Brian. You and you and Audrey and Rachel would really enjoy it. It's very fun. Is it a Henry Selleck? Uh, I'm not sure, but it's like a kids' movie, right? Yeah. Is it stop motion? It is stop motion, like all Leica Studio stuff. It's beautiful. Directors: Chris Butler, Sam Fell. Screenplay: Chris Butler. Art directors: oh, Phil okay. Brotherton. Okay. But you know, it's really, really great. Oh, here we go. Bam. 89% Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. Honestly, I think it deserves higher. (laughs) I was tempted to say, all right, late night mafia, let's get that tomato meter down. (laughs) Late night mafia. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. John Bryan does the score for that film. Dude, he's the best. He pulls out all the stops on this one. There's one sequence towards the beginning of the film where it's just Norman walking to school. I cry every time I watch that scene. There's this beautiful like transition from minor to major that happens. And it's like perfectly like the cinematography at the moment's great. The subject matter on screen is like perfect for it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music in that film. I cannot give it a bigger shout out. He's amazing. I've been, he does. I don't know if he still does. He, he did like a monthly thing at Largo here in LA where he would just like bring friends and play music. And it was like legendary. He's one of, I mean, the best composers out there. What else has this guy done? He did Punch Drunk Love. Oh, okay. I love Huckabees. Yep, I heart Huckabees. The Knock Yourself Out song from that is a great song. Eternal Sunshine. Oh. Yep. The, his Punch Drunk Love score is just bananas good. That's one of my all-time favorite scores. And I forgot, actually, I was thinking about this recently, that one of the main recurring themes from the Punch Drunk Love score is a song from the Popeye movie musical uh, thing that I was obsessed with about a year ago. Like the Robert Altman, 1980, Robin Williams, Shelley Duvall, Popeye, and that... And all at once I knew, I knew the do, 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 do. That is one of the songs from the Popeye musical. And that's a recurring theme in Punch Drunk Love. It's so great. Yeah. That's cute. Cool. Yeah, that Popeye musical. Oh, have you ever seen that, Miles? No. It is shockingly weird. <laughs> like, why did they make it that way? But I highly recommend it. That's like a watch with friends kind of thing. Because every choice made in that film is insane, including the one to make it a musical with songs by Harry Nilsson. Yeah, by that, the way. yeah. Harry Nilsson wrote all the songs <laughs> and got like non-singers like Shelley Duvall and Robin Williams to sing them. Jason Robards as, uh, what's his name? Popeye's dad, the captain, the sea captain or something. I'm going to look it up right now. Popeye's dad. Sea captain? Popeye's dad is Poop Deck Poop Deck Pack. That's it. There it is. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't ready for that. That really got me off guard. Yeah. I, I don't want to retread things I've just talked about on this show, but there is a song that is about Bluto's dick, and it's called He's Large. And 
It is straight. He's large. It's this Jay-Z Will Smith banger from yeah. the 80s. <laughs> That's uh, right, yeah. Anyway. The last one I can remember is uh, we did watch the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, oh. How was it? It holds up pretty well. There's some stuff that definitely hasn't aged great, but I will go to bat for the opening scene of that film as being one of the most terrifying openers to a zombie movie I've ever seen. Like, have you seen it, Leighton? No. I haven't seen the original or the Zack Snyder one, which I didn't know existed. Which is crazy considering what a Snyder head you are. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, that's What right. can I say? All you need to watch is just the opening to this film because the big change is that in this one, it's like running zombies. Because it, it is weird now to think back to a time when zombies weren't just everywhere in mainstream media, back when it was still like kind of more niche. Yeah. And I remember like the first time I watched 28 Days Later, the concept of the rage virus zombies just absolutely scared the piss out of me. Um, yeah. And it was a similar vibe with these. Like they're very, very like hyper aggressive, twitchy, shouting, roaring, will sprint after you. Oh, my ears and there are is burning. this incredible, <laughs> this incredible just like, tracking shot like i don't want to ruin it for you just watch up until the title drop of Zack snyder's dawn of the dead from like the early aughts within like 10 minutes it just shows you how immediately fucked everyone on earth is from like the morning it happens it's not one of those things where it's like oh you know before and then after the yeah. fall or whatever it's like no we are starting this on the day shit hit the fan and mm. uh boy howdy Boy, howdy, is it some fucked up shit. <laughs> also, it's it's still got that like almost comical levels of like blood and gut hey. stuff yeah, yeah, every yeah. now and then, which which is fun. It's like, that's the gore that I can handle. It's good for the soul. Yeah, exactly. It's that Resident Evil gore and not that Gerald's game right. gore. <laughs> Have you guys seen Return of the Living Dead? No. So with Night of the Living Dead, what was it? It was like George Romero took one, he could do Of the Dead and then mm -hmm. someone else got the living dead. And then, oh. yeah, so like the dawn of the dead, day of the dead stuff, that's one thing. And then someone else got, I forget who the other creative person on it was, of the living dead and started this other thing. And Return of the Living Dead is basically a comedy. And I believe it is the origin of zombies eating brains, specifically. Oh, because, really? And it's like... Very fun makeup effects, you know, real drippy, gooey zombies who chomp into people's skulls. And it's an 80s film and there's like, you know, like mohawk punks and guys in like leather, nice. you know, and like that, like almost peewee style punk guy. It's fun and nuts. And that that's where Brains comes from, I believe. Brains. Yeah, exactly. In my version, it's, it's Brian's. Brian's. Last one, I promise, but I do have to give this film a shout out. We watched the 1977 horror film House. Oh, Ooh. yes. Have you seen wait, it? Wait, wait, hold on. Is that the the Japanese one? Japanese. Oh, okay, no. Yes, I saw, I saw the other house. Great. You're talking about the house that I know about, which is yes. Yeah. Hats off. Very good movie. <laughs> it's a very good movie. It's essentially uh, like a group of school girl, school girls, school girls. <laughs> yeah, they just restock things constantly. A group of uh, school school girls <laughs> go and like visit our protagonist's aunt, who is like, oh yeah, she lost her family. She lives up in this house all alone. She must be so lonely. I guess we're gonna go visit her. 
And then it turns out that uh, this woman is of a spooky background uh, and does really creepy paranormal stuff. By the climax of this film, you're getting some like classic 70s, like weird psychedelic Uh visuals in a way Uh that is super fun. At one point, the entire house becomes like an ocean of blood Mm. and like people are like on top of doors, Titanic style, trying to like get to stuff. It reminds me of some early anime stuff. Everybody has a nickname, mm-hmm. and one girl's name is literally just Kung Fu. Kung Fu is my favorite. <laughs> Fucking Kung Fu is the star of that movie. She gets done so dirty. Spoilers. <laughs> but, like, anytime anything needs to be done, it's like, how are we going to get out of this room? The door's locked. Kung Fu! And then it plays her, <laughs> like, she has a theme song. It's like, da 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 And she just, like, whoops, 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 kicks down the door in, like, again, like, almost, like, anime still frames. Uh-huh. And then the door explodes with, like, fun, like, Godzilla movie practical effects. Everyone's like, wow, thanks, Kung Fu. Anytime there's a problem, the answer is, well, let's get Kung oh Fu to God. do it. She's great. It's a super fun watch. Is it? Upsetting? Because that's what I can't handle, like, upsetting horror. No, nah, not at all. Cool. Nah. At this point, I would almost consider it, like, borderline comedy. Okay, cool. Brian, you could handle it and have a good time. It is such a classic. Yeah. I think it's on Criterion. It is. I don't have it on Criterion, but I have the shirt from the Criterion store of the poster, which you'll know. Is note, it the red one? Yeah. I think it's, like, maybe the best movie poster of all time, in my opinion. That shirt is also famously worn by Bill Hader in his Criterion Closet video where he zips Mm. down his hoodie to reveal it. And that watching that as a child ruined my personality. So, (laughs) you know, you should watch House. It's great. Well, the other house that you should see also is a Uh rubber mask monster horror movie from the 80s about a guy who inherits a haunted house from his aunt or something. And the tagline is, ding dong, you're dead. And it is definitely a horror comedy, although there is absolutely nothing scary about it whatsoever. Nice. It's pretty great and totally baffling. Things just happen for no reason a lot. I'm looking at some images right now. This looks awesome. It is very awesome. Another very cool poster. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, a great poster. A very ghoul poster. Yes, and then uh, it, I think there are <laughs> three. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your moment there, Miles, of course. <laughs> I believe there are three sequels to it, which are only technically related. It basically becomes an anthology at some point. And House 2, the next story Wait, or the second story? Can't remember. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. The second story is cute. Yes, it's very cute. You got to see the trailer. I believe John Ratzenberger, Cliff from Cheers, is in it and is playing essentially Cliff and goes, you know, in his Boston accent. Yeah, I uh, I think you got kind of an alternate universe in there or something. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's some. That's up there with like, what are we, some sort of suicide yeah. squad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian, what does your shirt say? Oh, here. You're going to lower your standing, standing desk? desk? Of course I am. I was really hoping you were just going to fully take your shirt off and show us <laughs> that way. I remember live shows. Oh, Is that a it certain was from touring companies? Real Good Touring. Oh, yes, they did yes. As, as a fundraiser. And I fundraised and bought a shirt. So it was during the pandemic and, you know, people were struggling. So Mm-mm. because I'm a good person, I gave them money. I'm a really good person. I'm like the best person I know. 
It's the same energy as if someone were to be like, just so you know, I'm so sane. <laughs> like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> Whenever we play uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill and uh-huh. you get the sanity points, that's the thing that we say to each other. Don't worry, guys. I'm extremely sane. Yeah. And then unblinking Blink. eye contact follows. Oh, yeah. Oh, my favorite thing. <laughs> my favorite kind of eye contact. Indeed, I've built an entire <laughs> brand around unblinking eye he contact. really did. Yeah. Why don't we move on to some segments? Now, goodness. Now we don't have to tell Miles what this is, but for the uninitiated listener, I'll just tell people that our first segment here is our pop culture recommendation segment. This is where people get to recommend a book, a movie, a video game, whatever they've been enjoying recently. Now, it is very rare. Normally, I get to introduce this segment to someone that neither knows nor cares about the podcast, which is to say one of our guests. But here we have someone on who has been on the show many, many times. So I respect you as a person and I respect your time so much, Miles, that I would never want to waste it. So rather than okay, belabor the you. introduction to this podcast, which is, to be clear, something I would never, ever do in a million never. years, because I know you don't have a lot of time today. You mentioned earlier today that mm-hmm. you have a busy schedule. It's Halloween. We all have Halloween stuff to do. I wouldn't want to stretch out the introduction to this any longer than absolutely necessary. I do think that sometimes it is necessary to set the scene and that's what I'm doing right now. But this is the what's popping segment. That's the name of this segment that we get to do in the past. I realized that I, I have behaved poorly in the past when it comes to introducing this segment. I guess I can freely admit this now. I claim to never have done a bit for the introduction for this segment. And I do want to publicly admit now that that statement is 100% true. I have never done a Mm. bit when introducing uh, this segment. I feel like sometimes people don't believe me when I say that, but as my therapist Mm. has told me many times, I can't control other people's actions or emotions. I can only do what I do. And I can force people into a corner so much that they have to react a certain way, but I'm still not responsible for their action. So if they get mad at me or act really uncool because of a super cool thing I'm doing that I know is cool, then that's not on me. That is 100% on them. And look, it may sound like I'm working through something in my personal life right now. I'm not really. I mean, maybe I am a little bit, but I can't disclose who that's about. Let's just say it's someone that I may or may not have mentioned earlier on this podcast, and I'm not going to drop any any further hints there. Although, you know, let's just leave it at that. Um, so what's poppin' is the name of this segment and the theme song, which I insert in post, goes here. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? So anyone want to go? Can I actually pop to the, to the little boy's oh, yes. very quickly? Oh, that's what's poppin'. That's what's poppin'. <laughs> <laughs> that penis is poppin'. <laughs> God, his headphones were off. Penis is popping with piss. Uh, why would you subject him to this? I'm just a cool guy that likes to do cool things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't he write Moby Dick? Speaking of that, <laughs> penis popping. <laughs> Whose penis is popping in Moby Dick? I mean, Moby's. <laughs> It really matches his um, all caps vegan tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) An absolutely brutal takedown. (laughs) You're back. 
Brian, I, first off, I just want to say thank you so much for setting the stage, if you will, mm-hmm. for this segment. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of lesser hosts would use that as an opportunity to, in your own words, do some sort of a bit, a goof, a joke. Yep. yep. And I, I just really appreciate you choosing not to do that and you choosing to get directly to the point. You know, I've been on a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and you I'm know, sorry, sometimes- can we move this along, please? Just like, I, I don't <laughs> oh, of course. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, so what's popping for me is uh, a little book. <laughs> By a tiny author, you may know him, you may not, very small author, uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, hell yeah. What I uh, am all about right now, uh, Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book. Oh, yeah. Uh, Are you guys familiar with this one? No. Yeah. Rachel loves it. I have never read it, but she raves about it. Yeah. Layton, this is, uh, I feel like, going to be up your alley. The Graveyard Book is Neil Gaiman's adaptation of The Jungle Book. Except this story is about a little boy who is raised by ghosts, ghouls, and other paranormal creatures in a graveyard. It's really, really fun if you're familiar with The Jungle Book. I feel like a lot of people, they've seen, at the very least, like the Disney animated film. And it's really fun going through it and kind of like being like, oh, okay, goblins are the monkeys. Shere Khan is a serial killer. Cool. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, Mowgli in this is nobody Owens, nobody or Bod. Wow. It's just absolutely lovely. I got the audiobook, and I have to say I really enjoy Neil Gaiman's um, uh, audiobooks, particularly because he performs all of them himself. And I think he's a, a he fantastic rules. storyteller. Yes. Yeah. In my spare time, I've I started working on a feature script and oh, nice. mentioned the premise to a friend of mine. And he was like, this isn't exactly this, but you should read the graveyard book because it's got some similarities. And I was like, oh, holy shit. And yeah, I listened to it. It's great. I've always been worried whenever it's like, oh, hey, if you have this idea, you should check this out. And I'm like, oh, oh do I need to completely scrap this? Yeah. The worst thing someone can say to you. I wrote a, I wrote a, uh, put together a whole pitch deck and like wrote a pilot for a cyberpunk Western. And then, uh, cyberpunk edge runners came out and just like, I was like, well, (laughs) well, (laughs) I'm going to have to change a whole lot of this, I guess, if I still want to make it, but it was fun that I wrote simply because I didn't know what to do with all of my rage during 2020 and decided to write a story about burning everything to the ground. But this, this is a much more just like fun, spooky thing. And I feel like the graveyard book doesn't eat my lunch. In fact, it only makes me more excited to work on this thing and Man, what a lovely little story. It's super fun, very charming. That's what's popping for me. The Graveyard Book. Could not recommend it enough. Love Wonderful popping. Thank you. Did you watch the uh, Netflix Sandman? Is I did. It good? I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was really torn because I've had those graphic novels on my to read list for literally over 10 years. And I just keep, I was like, oh, well, first I want to read Saga. Oh, well, Paper Girls is out. Oh, well, Why the Last Man is. And so I just haven't read it. And so I was like, ah, you know what? Fine. I'll I'll go ahead and watch it. What was fun is my fiance works at a post-production house here in Austin. And so she spends a lot of time looking at video and like color correction and aspect ratios and all that stuff within like 30 seconds of us starting the Sandman Netflix series. She goes, is our TV like weird? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she says, the aspect ratio is wrong. I said, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, yeah, no, there's something weird about this aspect ratio. Is there a Netflix setting? And like, we're going into settings. It's like, no, there's no way to do it. And that's when we found out in order to achieve a more dreamlike feeling, Mm Every shot of the Netflix Sandman series has its aspect ratio like squished or like stretched by like two percent. Huh. Wow. Just to make it feel just not quite right. Wow. She clocked it immediately. That's amazing. She was like, I went to work the next day and bragged to everybody and I got a (laughs) got a high five. Uh, But yeah, no, I I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty cool. And from what I know of the original source material, seemed 
about as good of an adaptation as you could do in like a live action cool. version of that story. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I'm always on team animation, but you right. know. <laughs> cool. Layton, was popping. What's popping for me is a book by Mary Doria Russell called The Sparrow. Brian, have you read mm. The Sparrow? No. Okay. It seems like the kind of thing that maybe you would have read because it's like a sci-fi thing. It's anyway. boring. <laughs> Basically, a transmission from extraterrestrials is detected and sort of in a future in which like space travel is a little bit more reasonable, a group of Jesuit priests send like a spaceship to go and check it out. And I don't want to say anything more oh. than that other than oh. like... It's so fucking great. It's so good. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm putting this on my list. It's incredibly fucked up. Just getting through the end of it. Anybody who's seen the film Martyrs 2008, I would compare the emotional experience at the end of it to the end of that movie. Maybe I won't put this on my list. No, 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 no. It's not (laughs) like it's, I mean, it does, it is pretty nasty and gross and violent, but it's, great. I think you would have a lot of problems with the science in it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not reading science fiction for the science. I'm reading it for the fucking fiction and the characters. I can be- I'm not trying to to dunk on you. can be very- I am. I am. No, thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. You suck, Brian. That's the- Honestly, (laughs) as long as it's not objectively stupid, I don't really care if the science is a little off, like, cause I'm also not reading it for the science. Yeah. It's really fun. And I just enjoyed it a lot. And then I harassed Vernon into reading it and he's listening to the audiobook. And you know, with the number of books that I read and the frequency of them, anytime I get an opportunity to talk to another person who has read a book that I've read, yes. very exciting for me. So I don't know if you like sci-fi and fucked up space stuff and also like yes, God yes. question mark. I love the God alien continuum and that's very fun to me. So yeah, that's what's popping. Just to piggyback off that, since it's kind of similar territory, have you read Three Body Problem? I I have have tried multiple times to get into it and someday I will, but I can't get past the first hump for some reason. I don't know why. Did you read all of them or just the first one? I read the first one. I loved the first one. And I'm taking a break before I go into the second one. I don't want to just like binge through the trilogy. I want to like kind of give each book its time in the spotlight. So I've been taking a break. I just started, I think it's Brian Sanderson's The Blade Itself, I think. Anyways, after I finish this current book that I'm on, I want to loop back around and and read the second because I, boy, howdy. For those that aren't familiar, there's no central protagonist. It just jumps around between a bunch of characters while they're relevant. And then when they're not, they're gone. Because yep. this story spans centuries and may- maybe more. Maybe more. I mean, where it starts is during the Chinese Cultural Revolution. And then we just start sprinting from yeah. there. And I-, I will say like- It's cool. It's very cool. And I personally would recommend, I'm a big proponent of audiobooks. This one, you might want to read like the actual text because there's a lot of references to Chinese like culture and history. And there's tons of footnotes in the book to help give you context for things. Yes, which are very helpful. Extremely helpful footnotes. I really enjoyed the first one. I started to read the second and I was like, it felt like more of a slog. And then I Mm. found out that it's a different translator for the second. The first and third books in the trilogy are the same translator and the second one is a different one. Now, maybe I just need to go back and try it again, but I picked it up and just like couldn't get that wheel turning. Interesting. And maybe that's because it was a slightly different, tra- I mean, the originals are all in Chinese and I don't know if that's just a, the translation was different. I don't know if the book itself is, you know, mm-hmm. it's harder to read or whatever, harder to get into. I know people that have read all of them and loved them, but the first one, yeah, cool book with some really big fun sci-fi ideas for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it genre hops like every three chapters. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, right now we're kind of in like a historical like drama period piece thing. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to get into like some like detective gumshoe kind of yep. stuff. And now it's a fucking Tom Clancy book for yes. like half a chapter. And now we're going to go back to existential hard, sci-fi hard horror. sci-fi where they're explaining yeah. <laughs> like computer science to you or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild one. Yeah. But okay. So the Sparrow. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to add that to the list. Yeah. Cool. If you read it, let me know. Cause I want to talk about it. Okay. I'll read it too. Yeah. Book club. Fucked up book, book club. club. Fucked up sci-fi yes. book club. Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> I also, speaking of fucked up books, I. We could call it FUBU. Great. Good. Good job, Ryan. Thank um, you. <laughs> do you want me to do that a little bit more dismissively? <laughs> I don't think you could. <laughs> well, well, well done, Brian. <laughs> We're all very proud of you, Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Miles. Here's a cookie, Brian. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've, I've, been, I've been doing this oh, two and a half years, this fucking podcast. All I wanted was a cookie. Layton has a button that she can press at any time on her desk and the pneumatic tubes that connect her place to Brian's place just drops yep. them a little. Yeah, it's like the ahoy. tubes yeah. at the bank that give you a lollipop yep. and yeah. your checks, yep. but, but it, it would be yep. me like, just putting this in the tube and then <laughs> <laughs> I really like Cormac McCarthy. I started reading Blood Meridian forever ago and of mm. his books, that one is the densest and per the recommendation of my neighbor, I've picked it back up again and it's just, you know, I, I only say this as a tack on to my what's popping because I'm wearing a cowboy hat and I was like, Blood Meridian's kind of cowboy. It's mostly no. violence. You know, it's Western. It's the evening redness in the West. It's, it's <laughs> plenty of violence in the West. Yeah. yeah. So, Ryan. Nice. Yes. What's popping? Oh, what's pop for me is a current release film. And it is the new Todd Field movie, Tar. Tar. Which is Kate Blanchett. We talked about this very briefly on a mini episode in the show, which may not be out by the time this comes out. But she stars as a classical music superstar. She's a conductor, composer, Lydia Tarr. And this is one of my favorite movies I have seen in years. I think it's two hours and 45 minutes and it whipped by, you know, contrast to, for example, the fucking Irishman, which felt like, you know, I was checking the time every 10 minutes to be like, where are we with this? Um, But this, she's incredible. So we catch her at the apex of her career as a conductor. She's been doing the entire Mahler symphonic cycle. She's about to conduct Mahler's fifth. And then drama happens. I mean, to put it in a way that will make nobody want to see this movie, she gets canceled. But uh, okay. it's, you know, the, the movie is fairly agnostic on what the actual events were. Gotcha. She's clearly a completely terrible person, but... It's a, basically a psychological drama, and she's on screen basically the entire thing. I mean, her performance is absolutely incredible. It sounds like people just hate to see a girl boss winning. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Some of them do. Absolutely. Absolutely. It also has an ending that is way up there in the holy shit, what? Endings. Mm. I have seen in a in a long time, not in terms of like, you don't understand it. It's very clear what has happened. It was just like, I cannot believe they made this choice. Nice. And it's pretty, pretty great. Strong pitch. As someone tweeted recently, it's not really a spoiler. It was, 
more psychological dramas should end on a joke. Oh, that's cool. And I like that. that. Yes. I want to see this movie again. I can't even think of the last time I saw a film in the theater where I was like, I got to go see that again. But I want to go see this fucking three hour movie again, especially knowing like what happens now, like picking up. There's a lot of mysteries. There's a lot of clues. Incredible performances. Hell yeah. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. The guy who plays, um, you know, uh, okay, in Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, the main uh-huh. bad guy, Donovan, I believe is the character's name, like a middle-aged uh-huh. white guy. That guy is in the movie. I forget the actor's name. And he's like one of the older conductors in the Berlin Philharmonic. Is it Andres Davis? Yes, I believe that's it. Two hours, 38 minutes. Very high score. Lots of thumbs up. That sounds very cool. It's so good. It's very funny, too, in a way that is played 100% straight. For example, her character is an EGOT. So the movie starts with a New Yorker festival with Adam Gopnik playing himself. That's cool. Interviewing her in front of a, a very chuckly crowd in New York City. And it's clearly satirizing he reads this like list of accomplishments that takes like 10 minutes. I thought it was very funny and really well done. Shit, now I'm worried this thing is biting my script's lunch. Fuck. All right, I gotta watch this. Oh no! It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Also, I enjoy a film that has an ending that just like slaps you across the face. That was another one that we watched for Spooky Season that I completely forgot. We watched Saint Maud. I was just about to guess Saint Maud. (laughs) No fucking way. Because I was thinking about like, what are endings that are just like, fuck you. (laughs) That movie. (laughs) I would describe that movie as an A24 ass movie. Yeah. It takes its time. But boy, howdy, that ending, that got a clap for me. (laughs) It's a tight 90. I had brunch with a friend this weekend and I was going to make her watch St. Maud. And then we ended up not doing that. But it's been on my brain this week. I just think it's such a fun, like, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It does what it came here no. to do. Great performance, like very pared down. Just, and just mean. It's fucking mean. And I love when a horror <laughs> movie is that just mean. mean. <laughs> yeah. Maud is played by, oh, I'm going to mess up her name, Morphid Clark. Uh, but she plays uh, Galadriel. Michael Morbius? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's the actress who plays Galadriel in the Rings of Power series. Oh. And I had first seen her in that, and now I've seen her in this. She's fucking fantastic. Like, she's great. I'm excited to see more stuff with her in it. But yeah. Cool. Maud's, you would not like it, bro. Okay, <laughs> no, you fucking not. hate that movie. Nope. <laughs> You'd absolutely hate it based on what I know about I you. believe I watched the preview and immediately knew this is not for me. Yeah, Yeah. I would also recommend if this sounds interesting to a listener, don't watch the trailer, just watch it. Like, I didn't see the trailer going into it, and I I don't watch trailers at all anymore, so Mm. I recommend that approach for people. Just live under a rock. It makes media better. Yeah, it's it's slow. It's a lot of creeping mental dread. Uh, And then there is a little bit of, like, I don't think I would call it body horror, but there is a lot of, like, self-harm in the film. So, like, slight content warning on that. Yeah. But it's all very meaningful and intentional. Yeah. Girlies with religious trauma, get in here. This is your movie. (laughs) This is your stop. Come on. (laughs) Join us. So, speaking of that, should we move on to our final segment? We shall. Our final segment as is always our final segment, it is Peaches and Lemons, which is three parts gratitude exercise and one part petty grousing. And the theme song for that segment goes right here. Yeehaw. Peaches and Lemons. 
All right. That was the theme song for Peaches and Lemons. We will each start with one lemon, which is a thing that is a minor bummer, annoyance, whatever, what have you. I will go first. And this has most assuredly been a lemon for me before, but fucking left-hand Joy-Con drift. Oh, oh, the fucking worst. What number left-hand Joy-Con am I on right now? I don't even know anymore. Yep. Brian, since you and I played Stardew for Minisodes, which if people want to watch us play Stardew Valley multiplayer, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash night. But that got me back into Stardew and I had not played since the 1.5 update. So it's just a cornucopia of splendor for me. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, I'm trying to get to the bottom of the skull caverns and it's been worsening. So it's like, <sighs> it's the drift, it's the stopping, it's the dead spots. Like I have died and lost half my inventory. How is it so bad still? How? And This thing has been out for five years? This same controller, I did the fix that everybody says you do where you unscrew the whole thing and yep, you put the little yep, piece yep. of carbon. Mm-hmm. I did that. Yeah, bullshit. Nothing. Nintendo. I'm waiting on a new one to come in the mail because I'm just like fucking sick of this shit. I'm trying to game. It's making me game worse. And I already game mm. pretty bad. So <laughs> fix your shit, Nintendo. <clears throat> That's my lemon. Reggie, I know you're not in charge anymore, but I'll shout at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was always also, on the internet. It's the most visible person's fault. <laughs> Why did we put the name Joy in Joy-Cons? Like, I realize this was widely mocked when it came out, but now that we know they have a very obvious and persistent design flaw, the Joy is absent. It's gone. It's simply con now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No pros. Yeah. Just no cons. pros. Just con. No yeah. pros. Just cons. <laughs> uh, Who's got a lemon? Miles, you got a lemon. My lemon is uh, it's just the human body. Mm-hmm. I have notes. I have <laughs> notes. Wait, we like have if a, I were to talk to the big man for this. Yes, actually we do. We, we In a recent episode, Leighton had the idea for a segment called I Have Some Notes. That theme song's going right here. I have some notes! All right, continue. I have some notes. Okay, the neck. <laughs> I have sleep apnea. Oh, I'm 32. Same. I shouldn't have sleep apnea at 32. I'm not tremendously overweight. The doctor's like, what's up? And he's just like, you got a lot of meat in there, my guy. Oh, yeah, you do. I don't know what to tell you, man. Mm. You still got your appendix and stuff. Your t- all that stuff's still in there. And for whatever reason, your neck is just like, ah, I can't fucking do it. Uh, anytime this <laughs> this homeboy goes to sleep, I'm going to make him think that he's being strangled. And uh, I'm going to yeah. increase his uh, chances of heart problems. And he's not going to sleep well at all. So now I have a CPAP machine, oh, which is great. I am the least romantic, sexy person to sleep next to at this point mm. because I have this like elephant ass CPAP machine that I got to put over. One too. A jaw strap yep. so my mouth doesn't fall open. I go <sighs> in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and like absolutely scare myself. I have this weird thing with my feet where my arches are so high. I have to wear these medical insoles. Otherwise, my podiatrist was like, hey, you do need to be wearing shoes like at all times with these insoles or by the time you're 60, it's just going to hurt to walk. What? And I was like, cool. And he was like, that also probably is why you have bad back issues and this and that and the other thing. And I was like, great, 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 great. And on top of that, I have this weird thing where if I bend my big toe, it just gets stuck. (laughs) And then I have to like put a little force behind it to straighten it out. And when that happens, I feel a twang in my Achilles tendon and it hurts. Oh my. So you, uh, just just for you guys, y'all can see this. Check out what I'm wearing right now. 
Hell yeah. I'm wearing a big ass boot. Like I broke my ankle. Nothing traumatic happened. The doctor's like, I don't know. As far as I can tell, your ankles are just perpetually inflamed and that's causing all these tendons to get stuck on each other. So I'm just going to try and like not let your feet move. Wear this boot. Also at night, wear these other little booties. So I'm like getting suited up for battle every time I go to bed. I have like sleep boots, sleep mask, chin strap. Yep. Human body. The original dream warrior. I have notes. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. If Freddy Krueger, if Freddy Krueger enters my dreams and sees me standing at the end of a dark alley, he's going to shit himself and run. Yeah. It's like fucking RoboCop. Exactly. He's like, his body's already doing it himself. I, I'm not needed here. <laughs> you could say, ah, the slow death, guys. Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, human body. And like, look- Listen, these are petty complaints. All in all, my health is fine. But God damn it, if you give me an opportunity to be petty, I will take it. And that's what this Hell is yeah. for. Could be better. Brian Lemon. Yes. Uh, this is something I was thinking about recently. And I may have discussed this on the show before, but too fucking bad. You guys are listening now. I got you. Los Angeles is a city in which even if you have a green light, you cannot be convinced that no one's going to blow through the red in the other direction. And every fucking time I go through an intersection, even when I have right of way, a traffic light whose job it is to say, Brian, drive, do not stop. I have to look both ways to make sure some maniac isn't going to blast through the intersection. And I've seen mm. it happen countless times. I've never gotten into an accident because of it. I know friends have, but it's just like, I don't understand what it is about L.A. that compared to everywhere I have lived in the U.S. and abroad, which abroad is just London, so whatever. But still, people, <laughs> what, 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 why, they, there's a red light. Stop the car. Pay attention to what you're doing when you're driving. Are these drivers, are they drunk? Are they just maniacs? Are, are they distracted? I don't know. But there's something about this fucking city where people do not respect the red light and- Mm. It is just awful. Drives me bananas. It'll be like that combined with pedestrians who are having like really bad safety. Like let's say riding a bicycle directly oh into oncoming traffic and then just expecting yes. everyone to go around them. A thing that happened to me yesterday. Like, buddy, yep. it's your life. We're fucking around here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Also, by the way, may I just tack onto this? I understand why people ride bikes on the sidewalk. Don't ride bikes on the sidewalk. It is so dangerous for you because the sidewalk is bumpy, but also like cars turn into driveways and stuff. And then you come out of nowhere on your fucking bike full speed. That's bad. No one's expecting you to come that way in that location. It's called a sidewalk. Yeah. Walk. Motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> I, look, I realize there should be more bike lanes. Of course there should fucking be more bike lanes. That's not the issue. But we work with the tools we have available to us. So ride the bike on the street, please. It drives me nuts when I almost hit a cyclist because I feel like driving on the sidewalk. I think maybe yeah. the meanest I am to strangers is when somebody is riding a bike on the sidewalk. In Savannah, it was way worse. Also, Savannah is the most voted, most bikeable city in the fucking country. Why are you on yeah. the sidewalk? I yes. hate you. <laughs> it's dangerous. And I understand it. The roads are scary. I don't want to bike on them either. But like, I don't know. Biking on the sidewalk is not the answer. All right. So here, if you're listening to this podcast while driving or riding a bike or walking. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, I'm talking to you. Listen, <laughs> be aware of your surroundings. Thank you. Yeah, maybe right. don't listen no, to this I'm podcast. Oh, no, I'm not done. No, I'm not done. No, I'm not done. No, I'm not done. I wanted them to wait. We're going to give them some silence so they can assess their situation. Check your mirrors. Do an ocular pat down. Ocular pat down. We good? Are you sure? All right. Have a great day. <laughs> great. Peaches. Peaches. I can do some peaches. Number one, last night and today, I am wearing both a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. And I just, I'm going to do this more often. It's a good look for you. I think it really Uh, works. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, you look nice. I have flames on my cowboy boots. I feel cool. I feel ye. I feel ha. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thriving. It's a thing people wear in many parts of this country for a reason, right? Yeah. My second peach is that I've been very social this week. I got brunch with one person and went shopping. I got brunch with another person and did some day drinking. I hung out with my neighbors. I'm going to hang out with my neighbors again tonight. And it's been great. It's been really nice to be around people. Probably been around people more this past week than I have in a while. So friendship, hooray, it's great. And then my last peach is that last night I went to... A Sopranos-themed pop-up bar. <laughs> Yo. Wait, 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 hold on. That's oh, excellent. What was it called? The Bada Bing? What was it called? It was called Gabagools. Oh my no. God, I was going to guess Gabagools. It was too, yeah. too low-hanging, but okay. I know. Oh, like ghouls, like G-H-O-U-L for Halloween? No. Oh. I know. Come on. Now that's an opportunity missed, but anyway. You know. Yeah. They had the whole themed menu, got some mozzarella sticks. I had like a dope Bloody Mary, and I fucking love Bloody Marys, but- in this town, when you find one, we call home. <laughs> the problem with a Bloody Mary that you pay 15 bucks for at a fucking stupid LA brunch spot is that uh-huh. either the mix, it's not dank enough. Yep. It's like ketchup with a thimble full of vodka. And the uh-huh. other thing is, it's just like, okay, there's tomato. Where is the booze? Where is it? This is just shitty gazpacho. That's right. But this Bloody Mary that they had, it was perfect. It was very strong and it was very like flavor dank. It had mm. a little like toothpick with a garlic and mozzarella garnish. It was just, I loved it. And it was just, they had a projector and they were playing Sopranos episodes and it was a joy. It was in my element. I love that. So yeah, that's that's, that's the great. exact kind of like dumb bullshit that is specifically for me. <laughs> Indeed. I just learned, do you know what Bloody Caesar is? I just learned of the existence of this. No. Yes, and I, I've heard of it and I don't remember what the difference is. Is it like tequila instead of fun? No, instead of tomato juice, it's Clamato. So it's got oh, like clam this is the broth Canadi- in it. The, the Canadians. It's the Canadian Bloody this, Mary, yeah. yes. I don't know what that is. What's Clamato? It's tomato and I'm not, you're gonna think I'm fucking with you and I'm not. It's a combination of tomato juice and clam broth. That is like clam juice. I actually have like a rotting bottle of Clamato in my fridge right now. <laughs> it's very popular. <laughs> That's upsetting. Yes. But interesting. I would try that. I'd be I've never that. had it. It sounds bad in theory, but in practice, it's very good. Because of the word clam, one might argue. <laughs> yeah. But when I do a Bloody Mary at home, I like to do a little mix of like regular V8 and a little bit of the Clamato. I think the Clamato is like too much. Respect for like the base of the thing, but it's good for some, you know, if you don't have fish sauce on hand, because I'm all about just like packing shit into that Bloody Mary. Like I want it to hurt. Hell yeah. I want it to injure me. (laughs) 
when I lived in San Diego, there was one bar and on Sunday afternoons, their bartender would bring in his own vegetables from his own garden and make these Bloody Marys like stacked with like okra and green beans. And it was like, you know, a vegetable garden in a Bloody Mary. And it was the absolute fucking best. It was so good. Wonderful. That's That's my story. I've never been more intimidated by by you than when you said I wanted to. (laughs) I could see it. I saw it in your eyes. (laughs) Uh, Miles. Peaches? Yes. Do it. I already hit you with that peachy spooky month of October. Road trips. Mm -hmm. Off of driving a combined total of 16 hours over the past weekend. Oh, shit. I love a road trip. It's eight hours from Austin to New Orleans, eight hours back. I love that drive. You get to go on this one bridge that lasts forever just over the swamp and it's super cool. At some point, someone's going to have to go to the bathroom at an inopportune time Mm -hmm. and you need to pull over wherever you are. And that can lead to some incredible stuff. We did find essentially a, a rest stop gas station that I hated but did find fascinating. It was called like the Tiger Stop. Mm. And from what I gathered, this place used to have live tigers oh, shit. a la Tiger King. Wow. And then those tigers did eventually die. That's what they do. And then they decided to keep those tigers and and keep their taxidermy bodies just in what is essentially a 7-Eleven. <laughs> it's the gaudiest, most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Wow. But what was great about it was in the miles leading up to that stop, we were like, oh, we got to go to that. Okay, we'll, we'll find this place. It looks like there's a stop ahead. There's a bunch of billboards that um have a similar energy to when you tell someone that you're really sane. The billboards were like, our tigers are happy. <laughs> there was another one that just said, our tigers live longer. Didn't say compared to what, yeah. but it was just like, stop yelling at us, you wokes. <laughs> it was just like, okay. If there was another rest stop here, we would certainly go That's to really it. But funny. this is what we got. So, yeah, road trips. You just say you 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 find yourself in strange places. It's a small amount of trauma bonding. Everyone's a little uncomfortable and everyone's like a little tired and cranky. But by the end of it, you're stronger together as friends. <laughs> love a road trip, man. Amazing. I love it. I love that for you. Thank you. And then the other one I love, early voting. Early yes. voting's fucking great. Absolutely. Early voting's fantastic. I did it just last week. Had no line. I got to say hi to the very sweet old people that work those booths that are taking time out of their day to help support democracy. And hey, you know what? Democracy's not a guaranteed thing right now. Some would say democracy's not looking great. It's been through a few rounds. That leg's not looking super strong anymore. And that eye's swollen shut. Democracy could use a hand. <laughs> So exercise your right to democracy and go vote early. Yes. It's fucking cool. You-, <laughs> you can tattoo that on your ass. Yes. <laughs> the original Rock the Vote campaign. Agreed. I, I wish this episode was coming out in a more timely manner. So for the early voting message to be useful, but hoping if people have listened to this by now, you better fucking voted. Hey, yeah. hey, you driving the car <laughs> or walking down the street or riding your bike. No, you better have voted. <laughs> Oh, you bet. Because if you didn't, if you didn't, I'm not going to say it right now because you might be driving. But when when you're out of your car and you only have your own life in your own hands, you better watch your back. Head punch. I'm going to get you. No, no, I I don't want to specify what will happen. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm not going to say what will happen when I get you. But I'm going to get you. Have a great day. <laughs> we should Brent, have ended your, on that Tell me about your peaches, my guy. <laughs> uh, okay, my peaches, my peaches, my peaches. Peach number one, Audrey had a friend sleepover. 
the other day, mm. and it is just so fun watching two eight-year-olds be little eight-year-olds together, and they played video games, and occasionally Aww. we have like a front room where our TV is. They'd be in there with the door closed, and I would walk up to it very quietly and just open up the door real fast and go, blah, and they would go, ah, and they loved it. It's so much fun. Aww. It is one of the true joys of being a father to make a bunch of little kids shriek in terror. Uh, in a way they enjoy. And they built like a couch fort and we're playing. I felt it necessary to add that. You're having big tiger billboard energy right yes. now, Brian. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm pretty sure they liked it. They told me, they told me with their eyes it was their favorite thing ever. They were playing like switch games together in a pillow fort and we're just having a great time. Precious. As with all sleepovers, the sleeping itself was, let's just say not the focus and there were some sure, issues, sure. including a 3 a.m. wake up where the kid sleeping over was like, I'm up now. And Rachel was like, no, you're not. You're going back to sleep. <laughs> but it's just, especially after, you know, a few years of not hanging out with people, it's just fun to have a, a little friend over and have Audrey. And the other kid was an only child, too. So just to be, quote unquote, sisters for a night was really fun to watch. Aww. Piece number two is the play that my wife Rachel produced and is now in is up. It is part of the children's hey. theater called the nine o'clock players here in LA. It's a volunteer, all women's theater group that does like very high production value theater for kids. And it is a version of Cinderella. And we went to see it yesterday. And it's really cute. And Rachel stepped in for a couple roles. Some people were doubling roles the costume changes were hard. And she was like, you know what? If you want me to step in, I'll just step in. And of course, because she's Rachel, she's now the best part of the play. So <laughs> it's just like, mostly what they do is they bring school groups in to see the play during the week. But every Sunday they have one performance for just like four or five weeks. So by the time this episode comes out, they might not even have any left, but it's just fun to see this thing that she's been working on for so long, finally go up and be great and fun. And Audrey, when Rachel walked on stage for the first time, Audrey audibly gasped and said, that's my mommy. Aww. We were sitting with the friend that had just slept over. I brought them both to the play. And she was just like, Leela, Leela, that's the woman that was in my house. That's my mom. She's right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very cute. That's very pure. Yes. We love that. It warms our cold, dead hearts. Oh, you know, fucking kid. And my final peach is only that I got my uh, booster, my COVID booster and my flu shot nice. at the same time. We're about to hit the road again uh, on nice. tour tomorrow. I wanted to get that before I got on the road and I did. This one was not bad. Didn't really have any reaction to it. Just, you know, mild arm pain for less than a day. I was reading something that apparently a lot of people don't know of that there's a new booster out for COVID, which is wild because this one is, you know, it's updated. It's working on the Omicron subvariants. So if you haven't gotten that yet, go get it. Get it. We got the holidays coming up. The predictions are for a bump in COVID, in influenza, and for fucking RSV, which is a different respiratory virus that's going around. So just, hey, protect yourself. That's what I'm saying. Get that vaccine. Or I'm going to get you. Yeah, or Miles is going to fucking kill you. Or I'm going to yeah. get you. No, again, I cannot stress this enough. I'm just going to get you. And what that is, nobody knows but me. Yes. 
dude always oh, a man, that's awesome. pleasure to have you here thank you again oh, for my being God. on the show i love this tradition miles at thanksgiving miles of smiles around the holidays oh well i, I tell you what i'm thankful for this year What's it's that? you two Hell knuckleheads yeah. thank you for having me as Thanks, per usual <laughs> oh, oh. um and yeah i i i I set up like I was going to say something there. Had nothing That's planned. Fine. Like I, I was like, yeah, well, you know who I am. And it was just like, I opened up door number three and it was just like an empty broom closet. Here, we can, we can fill the broom closet if people want to find oh, you Oh, there online. you go. Please, please. Where can they, can they go? Thank you. You can find me at the most pretentious of handles at the Miles Luna. Mm-hmm. I shit post on Twitter and I haven't done this in a while. I'm kind of getting back into streaming. My good friend Kyle Taylor from Rooster Teeth, he and I used to have a Let's Play show that we did together. His position was unfortunately dissolved along with many other yes, folks. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Which is a, a, a objective bummer. But now it means there's nothing stopping us from playing video games together <laughs> on a form of show. So yeah, I'm on Twitch. I've been doing that. And I'm trying to do it a little more. Uh, I'll try and do like a charity stream every now and then. And I love it. Right now I'm trying to raise some money. My fiance and our good friend Christina have a show that they are going to start filming this month called Veronica. And they're trying to make sure everybody gets paid as best as possible. And so we're doing a little bit of last minute fundraising. So I'll be, I'm going to be streaming all week this week. Oh, uh, sweet. Although time, this will come out later. Who cares? Doesn't fucking matter. Add the Miles Luna. You can find me most places Well, let there. us know and we'll, we'd love to help promote that even, you know. Oh, whatever, thanks, whatever man. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Is there any oh, yeah. uh, scripted stuff you got coming out that you can tell people about? Ooh, actually, yeah. So y'all can check out a game wishlisted on Steam, if you like, called Slave Zero X. That's right. It is a spiritual prequel to the 1999 Sega Dreamcast cult classic (laughs) Slave Zero that I was the lead writer on. It was super fun. I can't say too much about it right now, but it is a, I would describe it as a melodramatic revenge biopunk ninja action game if you like white knuckling combos and like slicing fascists in half this game might be for you rad it's extremely fun it's got a wild like aesthetic it's all like 2d sprite work for characters but in the backgrounds are being done with like quake era 3d fidelity uh, which is very cool so yeah, shout out to Poppy Works for having me come on and be a part of that project. It was a lot of fun. It comes out, I believe, early next year. Don't quote me on that. Just wish listed on Steam. Love it. And then yeah, everything else I'm just doing for me right now. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's me. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Folks at home. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this Thanksgiving, Hallow giving, uh uh thanks ween. Whatever this odd liminal space yeah, is. Thanks, Hope Ween, you- for all the music. <laughs> giving Ween. Thank you, Giving Ween. So, hope you're all feeling spooky or grateful or both or whatever. And let, let me uh, give you all a resounding parting yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw, indeed. Bye, everybody. See ya. Or I'm going to get you. <laughs> Leighton <laughs> Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonNight at gmail.com. <laughs>